We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, as Oklahoma City gets absolutely curb-stomped by the Minnesota Timberwolves, 135-105. to Before we dive in to that lovely game, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for all your Thunder content needs. I can assure you there won't be a ton of content about tonight's game. What an ugly, abysmal performance for the Thunder. Coming into tonight, you just played a close game against Minnesota two days ago a game in which you scored 10 points in the first quarter, but still managed to only lose by eight. Tonight, you return home to Oklahoma City. You get Mark Dagnalt back out of COVID protocols. You get Lou Dort back. And if you're looking at this game for the Thunder, you're feeling optimistic. Um, It looks like a game the Thunder should at least be competitive in, but that was not the case. The first quarter tonight um, was close. It was kind of the polar opposite of the last meeting of the Thunder and the Timberwolves, where the Timberwolves dominated Oklahoma City in the first quarter, and then OKC made it close uh, after that. Tonight, Oklahoma City and the Timberwolves, 32-28 in that first quarter. Timberwolves get a a four-point lead after one tonight. After that, it just blows open. You look at the little chart on ESPN and it's just like a sideways funnel. Like it just explodes after the first quarter. Oklahoma City gets outscored by 12 in the second quarter, seven in the third quarter, and seven in the fourth quarter. It was just, it was bad basketball. And I think that was the hardest thing to watch tonight is it it wasn't like Oklahoma City just 
you know, played well but didn't win, or the Timberwolves just played amazing and Oklahoma City couldn't overcome it, or Oklahoma City just made some, you know, costly mistakes that cost him the game. It was just bad basketball. It was bad. And the hard part about that is Oklahoma City was full strength. I think there's nights where you can watch this team play bad basketball and blame it on the personnel. You can't do that tonight. This was the team. And now granted, the team is not an incredibly constructed championship caliber team. Nobody thinks that. But we've seen this team play with a lot higher caliber than they played tonight. Now I'm firmly team tank. Load me up with all the L's. Give me all the ping pong balls. Increase the odds at a top pick as much as possible. Uh, That doesn't mean tonight was pleasant. (laughs) In the moment, it's not great. We'll start at the beginning. Uh, I mentioned Lou Dort being back tonight. You get kind of a premier matchup on the perimeter with Lou Dort going against Ant Edwards. Uh, Should have been a great matchup. It It was a clinic by Ant Edwards. Edwards came out swinging tonight. He had 24 points, 17 of those in the first quarter. He was five of five from three in the first quarter. He finishes six of nine from behind the arc overall. Six rebounds, seven assists. Not ideal for Lou. He had a couple of moments early where it felt like they were kind of throwing punches at each other. Ant hit a three. Lou hit a three. They're going back and forth. It seemed like that was going to be fun. It was not fun. Ant Edwards uh, decisively wins tonight's matchup with Lou Dort. Dort finishes with 18 points, a team high, while going minus 29 in the plus minus tonight. Lou Dort shoots 5 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 7 from behind the arc, 3 boards, 1 assist, 2 blocks, and a turnover. It it was uh, nice to have him back. His offensive evolution is still nice. It's it's great to see him hitting outside shots with consistency. Um, other than the one game where he didn't hit a three, that streak has been very impressive for Lou Dort, but just not totally himself. That's to be expected a little bit. Just came back out of uh, health and safety protocols. It's to be expected. We've seen it across the league. I, I have no long-term concerns with Dort. Just not a great night for him. A night where he really got um, bested by Anthony Edwards. The young trio for the Timberwolves, young, young-ish trio, I don't know, core trio, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Ant Edwards, like I mentioned, had a great night. D'Angelo Russell, 27 points tonight. 13 of those came in the second quarter. So you kind of had Ant exploding in the first quarter, Russell exploding in the second quarter. Uh, D'Angelo, 27 points uh, with 12 assists, 11 of 12 from the floor, four of five from behind the arc. And that's really kind of the story of the night. The Timberwolves overall just shot lights out. 55.6% from the floor, 41.5% from behind the arc. Uh, I saw our, our buddy Jack Borman from Dancing with Wolves said that was the season high for the Timberwolves, 55.6% field goal. Not great. And that speaks to the defensive effort, not just from Lou Dort. That's not all Lou Dort giving up 50, almost 56% shooting from the floor. That's everybody. Everybody just kind of looked disinterested, not fully engaged on the defensive end. 
I don't know if that's the scheme wasn't right. I don't know if that's guys not being locked in fully. I don't know if that's just Timberwolves having a hot night. Uh, it, whatever it was, it all kind of came to a head and culminated in, in a really impressive offensive performance for the Timberwolves. But it wasn't just the offensive performance because Oklahoma City also set a season high tonight. Not as pleasant as the shooting season high that we got from the Timberwolves. Oklahoma City sets a season high with 21 turnovers. 21 turnovers for Oklahoma City tonight, which led to 34 points for the Timberwolves. If you want to understand why Oklahoma City lost this game by 30, why they were down by 41 at one point, season high in turnovers and an opponent having their season high shooting is going to do it. Uh, that's a that's a lethal combination. That's not something you want to see. Even if you're not trying to win games, that's still uh, not ideal. Not ideal night for the Thunder. The last person from Minnesota that I have to hit on is Carl Anthony Towns. 19 points tonight for Cat. He had what seemed like 135 offensive fouls, but outside of that, he played a really, really solid game for Cat. 19 points, 7 of 11 from the floor, 5 of 6 from the stripe, 8 boards, 5 assists, 3 blocks, and 4 fouls. So not 137, but 4. I'm pretty sure 3 of those, I think 3 of the 4 came on the offensive end. Um, I mentioned it on Twitter. I, I was making jokes to survive this game. Uh, we've we've heard lots of speculation over the years about Cat to OKC. I don't think it ever happens, but if it ever did, the Thundercat merch would be excellent. So we got that going for us. Let's talk about some Thunder players before I go off the rails anymore. I mentioned Lou Dort leading the team with 18 points. Next, Aaron Wiggins. 13 points for Wiggins, 5 of 10 from the floor, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, a solid outing from Aaron Wiggins. If you're looking for a bright spot tonight, Aaron Wiggins continues to be a guy that just does stuff on the floor. He is a positive contributor for this team. He is a a net positive every time he's out on the floor. Aaron Wiggins had nine points, three rebounds, two assists in the first quarter. That first quarter was where Oklahoma City was most competitive. Aaron Wiggins was a big part of that. His nine points was a, a good chunk of Oklahoma City's 28 points that they had in that first quarter. Interestingly, he did not start the second half after starting the game tonight. Trey Mann started in his place. Mark Dagnall, after the game, says, I just view those as rotations or subs. Uh, You know, don't read anything into it. I think it's still interesting, especially because Wiggins started the game so well. It's interesting to see him go with Trey Mann to start the second half. Do I think that decision, you know, changed the course of the game or anything like that? No, probably not. Even though that third quarter was terrible. Um, no, I, I don't think that necessarily like tipped the tide one way or another, but just interesting, a, an interesting decision. I'm curious. It feels like there's maybe something more to that than just a substitution as Dignall alluded to. Speaking of Trey man, he had a great second quarter. So Aaron Wiggins had a great first quarter. Trey Mann had a great second quarter. He just is so crafty with his shot creation. His ability to make space, his step back is filthy. 
Uh, he can put people on skates. I made a Brink reference on the Twitter tonight. Shout out anybody uh, that remembers Brink, Team Pup and Suds for life. Uh, Trey Mann is is a bucket. He can he can get the ball in the basket. He can free up space. He can get open for for really nice shots. Ten points tonight for Trey Mann. All of those came in the second quarter. Four of twelve from the floor. Two of five from behind the arc. Two rebounds to go with it. He needs to do it more consistently. I don't think that's surprising. He's a rookie that comes with the territory. He needs to improve his defense a little bit. He did have a steal, I think. I thought it's not in the stat sheet. Uh, I remember him taking the ball away in the post from somebody for the Timberwolves. It's not reflected in the stat sheet. So whatever it was, uh, he did something defensively. I'm pretty sure, but it's not. It's not uh, recorded in the counting stats, but. Drayman, if he can continue to improve on defense, we hear uh, Mark Dagnalt talk about eating his broccoli all the time. Skittles and broccoli, Skittles and broccoli. Uh, Trayman has plenty of Skittles if he can continue to eat his broccoli. He's going to continue to be a positive contributor for this team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Team. Really interesting though tonight overall for the Thunder, the rookies. Uh, lots of burn, lots of burn for the rookies. There was a lineup late in the game where you had all four Thunder rookies: Giddy, JRE, uh, Trey Mann, and Aaron Wiggins. Excuse me, on the floor with Teo Maladone. That is uh, one an incredibly young lineup, two an incredibly summer leaguey lineup. 
We probably didn't actually see that lineup at summer league because Josh Giddy hurt himself 36 seconds into his career. But uh, otherwise that, that probably would have been a pretty prominent lineup at summer league. Uh, that is a lot of youth on the floor at once. Now, granted it was when the thunder were down 40, it was late in the game, but still pretty interesting to see that group of guys on the floor together. That last guy, the, the, the rookie that we haven't really talked about yet, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy tonight, 10 points, five assists, five rebounds, three of six from the floor, O of two from behind the arc. Again, uh, really nice vision. I mean, the sky is blue, water is wet. Josh Giddy has nice vision. Shocker. He just always has plays that they've become so routine where he finds cutting guys to the basket. He sees passing lanes that nobody else sees that that continued tonight. He had some nice dump off passes. He had some nice passes to cutters in the lane. Joseph Dieterman in the chat. Giddy should be bringing the ball up the court to start the offense. I think that is uh, something the Thunder continue to work through, especially when Shea is on the court alongside him. How does that duo work together? How do they share the ball? Who takes primary ball handling responsibilities and when? How much do they split that? How much do they complement each other? I saw somebody, forgive me, I can't remember who it was, somebody on NBA Twitter this last week talking about you know, the potential of seeing Shea in more of an off ball role, because I think his game is a little more suited to playing off ball than Giddy's is. Uh, it's interesting to think about, and then it'll be interesting to see if the Thunder toy with that a little more as they move forward. Um, Giddy tonight uh, set a new, a new uh, stat record, something he's the second fastest player to reach 200 assists in thunder history he did it in 32 games uh that's per the thunder uh per joe Masato. cp3 did it in 31 so he's the one who who did it faster good company to be in uh josh giddy and cp3 uh, you can't be mad about that if you're the rookie uh really impressive stuff from giddy he's coming off his second straight western conference rookie of the month award i see no reason why he shouldn't continue to win it for the rest of the months in the season unless somebody in the west steps up i'm looking at you jalen green but uh what great position to be in if you're the thunder that that group of rookies just continues to look so so impressive think about the guys we've talked about tonight we, we typically talk about the best performers. We've talked about Aaron Wiggins. We've talked about Trey Mann. We've talked about Josh Giddy. Those are all rookies. Those are all rookies. And JRE started tonight too. Uh, JRE, a uh, nice zero point line tonight. Eight boards, one assist. Nothing super noteworthy from JRE. Um, he's uh, He was up against a dominant center in Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, JRE being undersized. It was obviously an exploitable matchup. Uh, that is the Thunder's biggest weakness. Teams that can take advantage of their lack of a strong center will obviously be able to win games against the Thunder. Some other contributors that had nice performances tonight, not necessarily showing up with massive um, stat contributions when you look at the, the box score, but Kenny Hustle and Mike Muscala. Stop me if you've heard this before. What game has Kenny Hustle and Mike Muscala not positively contributed? Kenrich was all over the place. He was pestering people. He was doing what he does. He was uh, getting people out of their rhythm. He had two steals tonight. 
He should have had more than that. If you ask me, there's some questionable calls involving Kenny. Um, he took a couple charges. There was one where cat just kind of like shoved him across the entire lane. There was one later uh, where his buddy Muskie also got shoved across the lane from cat. Uh, he was doing lots of that tonight. Muskie tonight in 12 minutes, nine points off three of nine shooting from the floor. He just always gives it his all no matter the game situation, no matter when he gets put in, no matter, you know, what number he is off the bench. Mike Muscala is just, he's a pro man. He goes out there and he plays hard and he does what he's expected to do. And he's good at it. And if he was playing more than 12 points a night or 12 minutes tonight, the thunder probably don't lose by 30. He's a solid contributor, and that's no secret. If the Thunder were trying to win games, Mike Muscala gets more minutes. However, they're trying to explore the roster. So those rookies, all those rookies on the floor, they're going to get more minutes. And when that many rookies are on the floor together, it's bound to get a little bit messy. And that's what we saw tonight. Speaking of messy, let's talk about Poku. Um, (laughs) Poku tonight, 20 points or 20 minutes, sorry, 20 points would be amazing. We would have let off with that. Seven points for Poku, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. Couple really nice moments from Poku, couple crazy moments, um, some wild shots, some wild passes, um, some really encouraging stuff at the very beginning of the game. That is just kind of the Poku experience. You have some highs, you have some lows, you have some head scratchers, um, I've had some dialogue on Twitter this week around Poku and, and I've seen people, you know, as time goes on starting to question, you know, is Poku an asset asset worth keeping worth exploring worth, worth having around this team, or is it time to cut our losses, move on for Poku with Poku? It's still his age for me. Um, He's so incredibly young. He's the 13th youngest player in the NBA. He's younger than some of the top picks in next year's draft class, like uh, Chet Holmgren. They're they're like the same age. And so if you're looking at Holmgren as a really raw prospect uh, that you can mold and bring into the NBA, then you can't be writing off Poku yet. Now, listen, I'm not saying Poku is Chet Holmgren other than their skeletal body shape. That's probably the only comparison. Poku is not Chet. However, their age means there's a lot of development ahead of them. This kid should not be playing in the NBA and on any other team in the NBA. He probably is not. But on the Thunder, he's in a situation where they can develop him. He can make mistakes, and that's okay. Eventually, there will come a time where it's like, okay, dude, show us something or we're ready to move on. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're we're to the point where the Thunder expect him to be a regular contributor or he'd be playing more consistent consistently than he has been. I'd love to see Poku get more burn in the G League. I think that's a great level for him to gain some confidence, to gain some rhythm. We saw what it did for him last year. But all in all, I think Poku's Poku's still a wait and see. Now, all that to say, you may wait and you may see that there's nothing there but I think it's too early to, to, to cut that loss just yet. Uh, in the chat, we, we have some comments, uh, that people are done with Poku and that's cool. I get it. I understand also comments about being done with Bayes. Now Bayes is slightly different because Bayes 
uh, is older. Baze is in his third season in the NBA, yes, but he is older than Poku. He's still incredibly young. He could still develop into something, but he feels a little more um, explored. To use the theme of roster exploration, we have explored Baze a little bit more than Poku has been explored just because of their age. Now, the pushback, and it's a fair pushback, is that Josh Giddy is younger than Poku, and Josh Giddy is awesome. And that's great. Josh Giddy is awesome, and he's clearly better than Poku. And we should be all that much more excited about Josh Giddy because of that fact. Josh Giddy is the sixth youngest player in the NBA. The things he's doing this year with his age should excite Thunder fans probably more than any other thing about the roster right now. He has a long runway ahead of him. He has some, ser- some uh, not serious, but some clear flaws in his game. But because of his age and how raw and how young he is, there is a long time for Josh Giddy to shore those things up. And the things that he's shown, the potential, the vision, the possibilities with Josh Giddy are sky high. So if you're looking for a positive to take out of a night where you lose by 30 to the Timberwolves, I think that's a great place to start. The Thunder future is in great shape amongst the four rookies, amongst uh, some of the other complimentary chips on the table, and with the future draft assets. And that's the other fun part about tonight. With tonight's game in the books, the current NBA standings look slightly different than they did before the game. The Timberwolves have passed the LA Clippers in the standings. The Clippers are now in the lottery, which means Oklahoma City currently has two lottery picks. If you want a positive, that's a pretty big positive. (laughs) Unbelievable to think that this is where we're sitting with the Clippers pick right now. They are a lottery team at the moment. It's amazing. Uh, Do I think they end up there? We discussed this a little bit on our last weekly show. I'm not necessarily, I, uh, I don't know if they end up in the lottery. That'd be a massive, massive win for Sam Presti and company. If they do, however, reports this week from, I think it was uh, Chris Haynes that Kawhi is ahead of schedule in his rehab. He may play this season. Is that enough to salvage their season if Kawhi comes in like a knight in shining army armor? Maybe. If I'm a Thunder fan, I'm rooting for him to take his time. You and PG take all the time you need. The Clippers have a tough stretch of games. Their schedule is loaded, and if they are shorthanded, That bodes very, very, very well for the Thunder's draft capital in the upcoming NBA draft. Oklahoma City currently uh, still in the fourth fourth best odds for the top pick. You'd like to see that number go down a little bit more, um, but four four is acceptable. Four is acceptable. I I ran a a tankathon sim during the game because that's where we were at during the game. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. Um, joy during this game and for sim knock on wood okc got one but more importantly than okc getting one is detroit and houston got four and five which i love that and uh the clippers the clippers were right outside the lottery in that one at 15 if oklahoma city walked into draft night with pick one and 15 
I would um, maybe go streaking. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I do, but I would uh, celebrate irrationally. I'm pretty sure. Things to look forward to. Um, Oklahoma City, lots of young talent on the future. Lots of draft capital in their pocket. Upcoming schedule for Oklahoma City. They continue uh, playing at home this Sunday against the Nuggets. That will be a 6 p.m. tip on Sunday. Then Tuesday, they travel to Washington. Thursday, they travel to Brooklyn before returning home on Saturday against Cleveland. Um, Not a walk in the park by any means. Um, Brooklyn should be tough. Denver um, should be tough. Uh, Washington and Cleveland are no slouch. It's a good stretch for the Thunder to stack up some more ping pong balls. Uh, There's lots of opportunities on the upcoming schedule. Maybe not all 30-point losses, maybe not all 72-point losses, but opportunities for the Thunder to explore their roster more fully and accrue some more uh, odds at the top pick. And I think for a while... Um, That's what we're going to be seeing out of the Thunder. They have lost five of their last six games. Um, The lone win being the win day after Christmas against the Pelicans. Or no, pardon me. uh, The win against the Knicks on New Year's Eve. Um, uh, It'll be interesting. We'll have lots more opportunities to sunshine pump and talk about the Thunder rookies and how bright of a future we have while um, not necessarily looking too closely at the current box scores. Shout out to Thunder fans uh, all around the globe. We continue to get tons of support from our pals in Australia and New Zealand. Thanks for listening. We also have uh, some great listeners over in Europe as well. It's super humbling and super cool to hear from you guys um, as we do this thing and as, as we're united by this silly little sports team in the middle of the heartland. Uh, It's pretty awesome that it has that kind of global reach uh, and that we have that kind of global reach. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, If you haven't already go drop a five-star rating where you get your podcast, send us a screenshot and we'll send you some stickers. We have been mailing those things out all over the world. Uh, Jacob is like best friends with his local post office. Uh, so go do that. Take advantage of that. DM it to us. We'll get you some cool stickers that you can rep your uncontested support. You're probably listening to this on Saturday. So make plans on Sunday night to join our Sunday night live stream coming out. At- Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.